Alright everybody, alright everybody, welcome to Nerds Talk About the Boys, the show where we do just exactly what the fuck you think we do. I'm SC. And I'm DP. And we're here to talk about the boys tonight, specifically Season 2, Episode 7, Butcher, Baker, Candlestick, Maker. Now before we get into all the implications of everything that happened in this episode and all the wild things that uh, we want to talk about. Wow, wow. I mean, just some bizarre stuff happening. Uh, what I would like to have happen is I'd like for my buddy DP Brown here to take us through the normal stuff we do. So let's get the housekeeping done real quick. Housekeeping, knock, knock, housekeeping. <laughs> All right. So basically, make sure that you are going to nerdsaclopedia.com where you will see all our links to your our favorite um, social media outlets um, at Nerdsaclopedia on Facebook, Instagram, and also Twitter. Uh, make sure that if you're leaving feedback for some of the stuff that you may like on stuff that we talk about and that you hear on our podcast, you're emailing us at nerds at nerdcyclopedia.com. Make sure that you are subscribing to us right now on YouTube. Um, click that link, mm -hmm. you know, click that, the, you know, subscribe and everything, do and it, also click the notifications. So anytime that we're on live or anytime yeah. that we post something that, you know, we're out there, um, that you're getting those notifications and everything. And also most of, you know, uh, last but not least, make sure that you are going to Apple Music. I'm sorry, Apple Music. Apple Podcasts, <laughs> uh, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio. We're on TuneIn. We're yeah. basically everywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. Nerds talk about the boys. That's right. And we're not just going to talk about the boys uh, just tonight. We're going to talk next week, too, probably another time. Having a great time so far. I hope you guys have been watching along. This this uh, this is a really rewarding show. You know, This is one of those oh, shows man. that is... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's basically paying us to stick with it, which I really like a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's much smarter than um, I anticipated it when mm -hmm. it started out. So that's a beautiful thing for what the show is. Oh, man. And it's and it's so – it stayed true to its roots. Like, it's it's grown as far as the depth and what the characters and the emotional arcs of the show are. Mm -hmm. And it's managed to do so while still being as gory and violent and disgusting as it was <laughs> – you know when when we first when it was first pitched, uh, you know by uh, by Seth Rogen. So right. so we're all super happy that you know it's managed to sort of grow along with, um, along with us as long as along with its characters. So the characters right. have sort of gained another dimension as we as they've the show's gained depth. Yeah, which is really, yeah, really yeah. So 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 before we get into like you know an actual episode itself, mm -hmm. as far as like ranking the first and second season. What are you so far? Even though we got one more episode for this season, so far, how are you? How are you ranking this season compared to the first? Well, the first season was a revelation, you know, and it, it was this this introduction and almost an origin story of the universe, like because mm -hmm. because Huey kind of comes into the universe there, and we sort of get the status quo antebellum, right, between the war between okay. the boys and the soups. Okay, but the soups are in control, and they're divine right sort of leaders, you know, just like old mm -hmm. kings. And season two for me is like. It's expanded the depth of the possibilities of this universe. You know, mm -hmm. I felt like in season one, there wasn't as much, there was a much shallow time scale to it. Right. You know, we were sort of given the impression that when, you know, Homelander showed up in 2001, 2002, whenever he showed up, that that was the beginning of superheroes. You know, that was right. when they started. And one thing I really appreciate about this, uh, about this season is they've really taken the scope of that and stretched it all the way back to the Second World War. And mm. I think that's great. What what was it, what about you? What do you think about season uh, season two versus season one? So um, it's like you said the um, the the first season is sort of like an opening, you know, of introducing us to all the mm -hmm. characters and everything in the universe. But as far as my emotional attachment to everything that's going on this season, maybe I'm just because you know maybe it's just because it's in the moment. But I I'm thinking this season, this second season is what you would call like the better season mm -hmm. not to say that anything was wrong with the first season because they had a lot of surprises and it got you on board with everything season took it to a um with the characterization you know yep. and also the depth that you said that um that that is uh, that we're seeing when in a lot of the characters both the soups and the boys um, that we we weren't really seeing last season that I'm appreciating so much and a greater maturity that the stories are actually um, going um, going for as far as like, you know, the, the political aspects, the, you know, social relevance and everything. Mm -hmm. um, I would, you wouldn't really expect that out of a superhero show. You just want to be entertained. But this season, it really took it to a point where. I mean, this season has really been so timely so far. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, the things that have been said this season about. Uh, you know, politics, specifically contemporary politics and politics uh, featuring 
Nazi Germany and what happened around the end of the Third Reich. It's a type. It's interesting that this show was like a fart, a fart show, and like a you know a gore show. And now they're now they're talking about alternate history, mm-hmm. and they're talking about the scope of of human experience and memory and what the distortion of you know growing up in a place like you know Nazi Germany would do for you. Post war Germany. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, Stormfront as is was born in 1919, which is when uh, the Treaty of Versailles was signed. So there's, that's a, that's a very important year for uh, for Germany, especially in politics. Mm-hmm. very very interesting stuff uh before we jump into the actual like the characters and and we want to talk about you know obviously huey and the boys and all the soups and you know this is these are the main characters of the show i want to talk first about this the intro to the show oh man okay. i want to talk about this and i, I think i yeah. texted you mm-hmm. uh, when i watched the episode today that Mm-hmm. If if all we talked about was this, I think we could fill the hour or fill however long we want to. Since we don't have a real schedule, you know, we're sort of a, a, a lot to a, a lot to unpack. Um, yeah. It was a very, 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 very uh, great way of seeing how a lot of media, mm-hmm. how the media comes at you, and you know, you 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 see the individual. You know, he doesn't really get out much. He's he's really settled. Talks with his mom, you know, kisses his mom every day, every day, and um, goes through the same old routine. But as he's doing that, each day he's getting deeper and deeper into, you know, online propaganda, online, um, you know, social media, um, you know, memes and, you know, whatever. Um, and it's sort of subliminally, is, is, I guess, is what we're taking it, yep. conditioning him to do certain things or leading him into a, a certain aspect. When he goes to the store... You know, to the um, convenience store. You know, each each time he's going in, and first he's you know just strictly paying attention to the um you know to the TV screen and just getting just just everything is just pulling him in to all the media that's around him. And I don't know if he's sees so much is able to actually handle this, but if we're seeing like the ramifications of what could lead, you know, what actually led him to, you know, um, do the, um, you know, make the, as far as like the tragedy result that happened in this yep. episode. And it's, it's interesting to see how the sort of, they sort of portray the radicalization as it sort of goes along. You know, he's, he's a big fan of the seven. We see all the, the sort of things that he has, the movie posters and the figurines and everything. And what we're told is that the super terrorist threat is the following things, not white, I mean, first of all, let's say that's what the the super terrorist threat is. It's very not white. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a situation where you're, you know, if you're having, if you're hear, hearing thoughts or you're thinking that people are putting ideas into your head to hurt a specific person, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's easy to choose another. And I think that that's one of the things that is so dangerous about what Vaught is doing. That, that's okay. what's so dangerous is that it's othering these people that mm-hmm. are just different. I mean, this yeah. is literally what like this is this could be the setup for like the evil the evil people in the x-men it's literally the same thing you know what i mean right 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 so so in where we are now and the good thing about these videos is they'll keep them so you know sam and i can look back at our the poor bastards from us from 2019 not knowing what we were about to get roped into here by uh by the future and um you know 2020 is a time that's so fraught with with conflict and everything and, and one of the things that's happened uh, recently is there's been some some political violence um that is real and very frightening to very us very frightening in yeah, frightening. in the real time you guys you guys that are watching this may actually know how this all turns out and maybe it's a good eventually a happy ending but right yeah. now it's we're all, hopefully we're all still here you know? i know right well, well, as i said earlier in a year welcome to the apocalypse <laughs> i know it's it's crazy out here so you know this film this was filmed before all of this and this is why it's so yes. Why we why we really hold this in such esteem is that they wrote all of this before, before 2020, before 2020 yeah. happened. So mm-hmm. there has been a, you know, there was a sort of a malicious shooting at a Black Lives Matter protest in Kenosha. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get in, I don't want to say the particular names just because I don't want to alert the algorithms to this, because uh, I want to talk about this in the context of the boys. But essentially, okay. what I think what I think we're seeing portrayed here with the uh, you know with the shooter is sort of this this general radicalization of I'm right I'm right I'm right I'm right you're you know there's no question at all of right. you know should one should we be trying to hunt down the super powered people that aren't members of the seven uh, and two why why wouldn't you just report this person to the authorities 
Well, it's amazing that he decides that he wants to take the law, you know, the law into his own hands. You know, allude, you know, with you alluding to, you know, what happened in Kenosha mm-hmm. and everything. A person that's actually taking, you know, hold of, you know, his rights, I guess, you know, um, and defending, um, I guess, this country, you know, per se and everything. So he's, but, but he doesn't even know mm-hmm. if the the person that he eventually ends up shooting the store owner or you know the store you know the um counter person um is what he is right. he's assuming based on what the what whatever thoughts that are just jumbled up in his head he gets fed so much information through social media news and everything he can't really discern what's real and what's not real right now mm-hmm. you know so he's scared but he still raises that gun to shoot the guy, mm-hmm. you know, that's the, that's the danger. You know, obviously that's the, that's the danger and everything. You know, you got a boy, uh, you got a, a guy that's probably never done anything like that, you yeah. know, ever, but he gets indoctrinated and he gets just radicalized, like you said, and it leads him to a point where um, it's really just no return and stuff. Yeah. And then in the next few scenes we see after that, we see, uh, we see what the, a little bit of the ramifications with Stormfront and, um, you know, Homelander and, you know, let's let's start. Well, they mention it. They yeah. mention it, but but the, I think the point is that like these these crazy people that go on shooting sprees, like Bernie Getz and like Mark David Chapman and like you know whoever shot Reagan, whatever that guy's name was. <laughs> those those people show up at times when there's a lot of this tension in society, and they they show up when you have a sort of drumbeat, you know might is right sort of situation happening over and, and over louder and louder and louder until a point where something is i mean is a, a spark that's about to happen and let's not even dump on modern times or the people that are alive now i mean gavrilo princip you know what i mean john wilkes mm-hmm. booth lee harvey oswald i mean mm-hmm. the guy I, there's there's this been a, these assassinations right. it happens as political violence happens in cycles mm-hmm. and that's why it's so important to get in front of it and mm-hmm. i'm glad that the boys address this because that's sort of loud mouthpiece radicalization is something that i think is very dangerous because if you only see things from one dimension you know all you see is a single dot you know what i mean you just see a point and if you go around to the side you can see it's got a whole side to it and if you go around the other side you'll see it's got a whole depth to it well Uh, it's about recidive like just uh, reductification right reducing it to basic terms it's dangerous well also think about this um se um, we're in a point in time where the past 10 years, we've got this gold bar, which is called the smartphone, mm-hmm. um, into our hands in the past 20, maybe like, uh, yeah, the, the past 20 years, we've gotten the internet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the past 25 years, we've gotten the internet and everything. But we're introduced to a technology, we're getting so much abundance of information mm-hmm. that, I don't think us as human beings at this point really know how to handle the the information, the abundance of information that's just coming at us. Like we got we 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 got information in our hands all the time, you know. We're we're um we're um constantly you know on our phone, you know. Whereas at, at a time where in, in human history that's never happened before, you got information for certain places, and then you go about your way, you know information now is in our hands literally you pick up the phone you're making a um you're not making a call you're looking to scroll through social media you're trying to see what's the latest trends you're trying to see what's the latest info just trying to keep up if you're bored you're trying to keep up with all this information that's coming at you and some people don't know how to process that and deal with it and it Mm -hmm. comes out in ugly 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 ways where they think that that's the actual world. So instead of actually going out in the physical world, you mm-hmm. know, meeting people, you know, introducing yourselves, talking, exchanging ideas and everything, you get the context of everything in the social environment and don't get the proper feedback um, as, you know, if, if, if you were actually in front of someone. So that's like um, within the past, like 25 years, in the past yeah. 10 years, we are having a problem, which is with the boys in this first scene. Told you it was a lot to unpack in this first scene. I know, right? It's so much. What, what, what we're seeing when he make you know commits that um, horrific crime. Uh, and and the guy's pleading for his life, and there's just no reprieve. Just right away, boop, oh, that's it. And you know, the, just the throwaway mention of it later, just showing you where that is, like the road bump that is, and the tapestry oh, of this show. Yeah. And right. how by the end you're thinking about how trite and inconsequential, honestly, that was when you really look at what's going on. 
and Mm -hmm. you know how destabilizing it must be to society to have a force that can essentially act with impunity uh i'll tell you this you know and wanting to kind of wanting to kind of stay talking about the show in sort of a a particular order Mm -hmm. you know let's talk for a second here about about this army of supermen pitch that is being made by stormfront and homelander and it's essentially being open and upfront about what they actually want to do they actually Mm -hmm. want to create an army of supermen and have homelander lead the army of supermen yeah literally that's what they want to do a a bunch of superior beings okay you know (laughs) but you know there's all this stuff where like where like you know the show is we so we say it's timely and prophetic right but they get they've got little details wrong like for instance and i noticed this like i made a big note about this is that stormfront makes a point to send her sympathy to the family of the victim which is not okay. something that certain people that are currently active politically in our our reality do frequently um there's a certain sort of you know oh hey this is a wrong thing that happened and we need to sort of make amends for it that is not present in our reality and it's interesting the ways in which they undersold exactly how insane reality was gonna be this year it's awesome (laughs) that's what they they were prophetic but you know they couldn't see the future that much you know like so, we were talking in episode one yeah, when, they, I guess, when I was I like, oh, they went a little light on the fascist imagery for the, uh, yeah. the translucent funeral. They probably could have put it on like to at least our levels, you know, where we got to oh, in our man, reality. Man. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this plot, it seems to be, seems to be going the right direction. And, you know, mm-hmm. now I guess they're dating openly. So, you know, yeah. this yeah. is his girlfriend who's mm-hmm. essentially Ava Braun. Uh, <laughs> I mean, right? That's who she is. That's his Ava Braun. Yeah, Ava Braun. Yeah, she couldn't much. kill her, but she couldn't kill herself because she's bulletproof. Yeah, this is this yeah. is the ultimate, the ultimate irony of Ava Braun is that she can, she can never join Hitler in death. Um, is it interesting how you know when when Stormfront you know talks about um you know um sending the sympathies out and everything um the 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 line the favorite line that they they uh, Homelander say thoughts and prayers yeah, thoughts and prayers and, prayers, thoughts and everything prayers, you know, it's such a such a cliche you know cautionary you know cliche line that um that you could just fit on any situation just to clean yourself up to make it seem like you actually care about something mm-hmm. but he immediately goes back around um that that's but that but about being that that's the point you know yep. um Homelander is about he he's sucked in actually you know at this point with um everything that the the propaganda and everything that that storm that stormfront is putting upon him and he is openly leading you know about that and i still actually have my doubts on if he's fully um invested in everything that stormfront is talking about so we'll see about that later down the line but um i still have my doubts about homelander being just in in hundred uh, percent for everything that um, Stormfront is doing. My opinion, I think he just wants to be. Or he just wants to please Storm, you know, Stormfront so much that he'll say and do anything that she says. I I wonder so much. I I think about how like how when they go with when they go to get Ryan. So let's just finish the Homelander plot. So let's talk about okay. how how when Homelander and Stormfront go to meet Ryan. There's this incredible tension between Rebecca and 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 Stormfront because obviously Storm we we kind of can see the end game here, right? Yep. Stormfront mm-hmm. means to to raise this Nazi superhuman as her child and make it do what she wants. Right. She, she means to raise him as some sort of some sort of you know superpowered Elagopolis or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, some sort of ancient Roman emperor who is you know. Well, 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 well he's pure. He's right the, now, he is. He's, but so was Caligula when he was about eight or nine. Okay. And I'm telling you, you, you may not know that, but it's the truth. Um, uh-huh. You know, the, the, you can have a pretty wholesome early life, but if things get turned on its head, I mean, if you're too young when you assume this sort of power, it can really mess with you. And it all depends on your, your personal, like, um, your personal mm-hmm. makeup, how bad it is. It's a couple mm-hmm. times it's worked out. But okay. the younger you are when you are given mm-hmm. the keys, usually mm-hmm. the worse you do up to a certain point. Oh, uh, hence the movie Brightburn. <laughs> well, that's a little bit more of a illuminate all humans side thing. It's more of a Dragon Ball Z, a little less Superman. That was know. not a great movie, but it was very interesting how the twists and turns went in that one. It was a great spoiler to read. Anyway. <laughs> well, we talk a little bit. We, we've mentioned the Red Sun Superman series where he's a, he lands in communist Russia right. and takes uh-huh. over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of like a little bit of what Homelander is. 
uh, you know, you're right. How much of home, what Homelander wants to do is actually related to this Nazi takeover of the world. And how much of it is just wanting to, he just wants everyone to love him without yeah, that's being made it. to. Yes, that's it. And that's grateful it. grateful to him for not so, murdering you. Sometimes I wonder if a certain leader of the free world and everything, you know, has the same aspirations too. If everyone actually, you know, loved him, maybe he wouldn't be so, you know, uh, much of a dickish. You know, I don't know. Maybe if someone but, had loved him in 1954. <laughs> now for those sorts of things to be injected especially okay, now okay. after the die uh mm-hmm. the die has been cast so uh-huh. uh, that's what i would say if someone asked me about that the die has been cast yeah um, but homelander yeah yeah so you know either he wants to be loved mm-hmm. or you know he's fully like um yeah it's time to um lead the superior race mm-hmm. right here now now we have this the other end the end of this is they they declare starlight an enemy they declare Annie an enemy of Vought. And, and this is a little later in the chronology uh, beyond what happened to her. Um, what do you think about the idea of Vought having sort of like its own superhero detention facility in, in its own tower? Is that In is its that own wild? tower? That is crazy. In its own t- <laughs> They never took Lamplighter out of the system either, which is just so funny. It's almost like, you know how... Like, if you go to a college and you play football for them, you can always just walk into the locker room whenever you want. Like, you know, they have those varsity clubs right, and stuff. Right, That's right. exactly what that is. Just Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's It makes sense in the context. And, you know, he took the gamble, and is, sure enough, you know, his handprint was still here. <laughs> so funny. All right, so... Not, so, not thorough enough as far as security, I guess. So Annie gets captured because her mother is an idiot, essentially. Oh. And... And leads leads Vought right to her. I don't know if she forgot to mention to Vought, like, oh hey, by the way, mom, I'm a I'm a fugitive from my employer, uh, mm-hmm. and the government probably. Uh, you know, Annie's mother obviously leads her to get captured and made a lot of decisions for her during her life about what's good for her and what's best for her. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of sort of mother moments this week this was a motherly a, a parental yeah. yep. moment. we have all yep. this stuff with rebecca yep. and ryan mm-hmm. and storefront mm-hmm. obviously wanting to take over that role explicitly yeah. saying so right right I want to, yeah she will be you will be raised by a good mom <laughs> she will learn he will learn his abcs and <laughs> a is arian but you're not surprised by that <laughs> nobody's surprised oh, yeah. what a stands yeah, for yeah, that, on storefront's a, a to z list um we also were treated to some other mothers. We, we, we saw that Homelander didn't have a mother. And th- this is sort of the, um, I guess, the thesis of this, of Ryan's life is m- what would Homelander have turned out like with a loving mother, right? Mm-hmm. What is that the hole, the hole in Homelander's heart, right? The hole in his chest that's hum- that's like humanity's loved size, right? right? Is that there because he was, because he was raised like a lab rat by this insane you know, looks like an old Citadel football coach guy. Like, he's now, like that Homelander has now since crippled. <laughs> like he's already come back and finished the job. Uh, mm-hmm. We also see Butcher's, Butcher's mom. Mm-hmm. And we have a reckoning about what she let him do, what she let his dad do. We find out that Huey's mother died and sort of took took his father's spirit with him. And, you know, uh, we, we hear about we, the Kamiko's parents sort of make an appearance. And there's this this idea of fathers to son, right? That there's parents, mothers to child, and it's this is sort of all brought home at the end when Storefront says to Ryan, "You're the first naturally born superhuman, right? He's the first non-Muggle-born in in this reality, right?" Yep. In certain universes, he would be called a mutant. He would be called not just a mutant. He would be called a savior. He would be called a, <laughs> you know, the proof of concept is also what this is, which means that, that crazy, right? like, if, if you if you interject a mutation into a bloodline, what happens is it, it disseminates through the population as the interbreeding happens. Right? So it goes like this way in, in time, mm-hmm. kind of like a okay. cone. And right. so what this proves is that you essentially have a cone starting with the her in 1945, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. when it started spreading out, right? Mm-hmm. Why would there only be one one soup that was born conceptualized? Is it only Homelander that is like potent enough that has enough of the the V in him that's bound enough to him that he can pass on his powers? Can everybody else pass on powers? Is the mechanism important? There's a lot of, yes. lot of questions. Yeah, yeah. About this. It's, it's, it's a lot of questions. And the way they're building out this universe and everything, they could have a lot of side stories. You know, a, a lot of information that you can actually just uh, put offshoots of that you can't really fit in eight episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, that you made a very great point. Just because Stormfront believes that he is the first, 
you know, um, human, superhuman offshoot and everything doesn't mean that that was the case. Because, I mean, as you see, we're finding out that um, she came from the past. You know, mm -hmm. she she you know, she was a um, you know former. So we didn't get any indication of that last season that there was anything before the seven. Yeah. And, and that's it's all world built. It's all pure built world. And that's special when you can pull that off with a with a property where mm -hmm. like the, the there's a plot to the product. If you Google the boys comic plot, it's there like it happened. It was published. You know what I mean? It's out and about. So right. like for them to have created a world that has like, you know, this many um, like this much ambiguity at this fast is so interesting because yeah. you usually have to you have to blow that balloon up to get to the unknown. You know, you have to go. You have to expand your horizons, expand your unknowns, and as the balloon gets bigger, you get to other places. Well, they've got the balloon pretty damn big. Pretty damn I, I, I'm, I'm gonna make a pretty bold statement here. Here we go. This this may be the uh, the the next Game of Thrones. Ooh, okay, okay. You think the this, boys will be this, the number one show from from like the next five, the first half of this twenty? If if they do it right, you know, if they don't, you know, um, not stick to landing. <laughs> these guys can. These guys are pros at writing. This isn't their okay. first try. Yeah. By the way, and this is a side note. This is totally off topics. This is just pure encyclopedia. It's nothing to do with the boys. The the uh, the D the double D's the uh, uh, DB the Weiss and Weinoff and those guys they have a series coming out on Netflix that's called um, Three Body Problem and I've been oh, yeah. reading the plot summaries for that and okay. it is a very dense and complicated book and um, good luck to those guys I'll tell you that much I I had it took me literally a long time just to figure out <laughs> all the math of the plots because okay. a lot of the plot is based on the discovery of mathematics and that's crazy to think about but it's true. So good luck to those guys for making an exciting action-packed story about math. Exciting time. <laughs> we'll see how that comes out. We're looking forward to this. Podcasting about it. So. All right, that's enough Enough advertisement for okay, a, okay. A, a podcast that we haven't even announced <laughs> for a show that barely even has a title that might never happen because these guys are semi-competent. Um, who knows what's going to happen next? They're, they're definitely more competent and certainly more rich than me, so I'll put it that way. Right. Uh, so let's talk about the boys. Okay. Let's talk about Butcher, right? Let's talk about yeah. the week Butcher's had, you know, re-interfacing with his family. Yeah. And his mother calls him and says, I'm in, I'm in New York. I'm here. And his dad is, is there. And his dad is. His, his dad is dead, according to his mom, but just yeah. to draw him in to mm -hmm. actually have them talk. Such a dick move by your mom and everything. But, you That's know. That's the type of thing mothers do. Because they know, <laughs> they know better. They know better than us. What's good for us. I'm sure. I mean, I but, can think of at least one mother I know <laughs> that would probably say that. Same, same, same here. Same here. <laughs> Shout out to mom. <laughs> but, but, you know, John Noble, first of all, let's call it John Noble, the actor that plays Butcher's dad. He has... I love him. Love he him. He uh, was recently in CBS's Elementary, where he yeah. played uh, Moreland Holmes, Sherlock's dad. Mm -hmm. So he is, I, I've decided, he is America's British dad. That's who he is. Okay. okay. And, and oh, you don't... You don't remember him doing Fringe, right? I don't see Fringe, dude. So this is on. This is an. This is that. You know, we we run. We have this concept under encyclopedia. We call them nerd holes, where you just like, <laughs> missed it. Fringe. I was doing other stuff. You know, I can't remember what it was back then. I, I never awesome. really watched. I probably should watch it. From all I've heard, it's really good. Uh, not mm -hmm. not a knock. Just a. It's me. Ignorance. Star Trek's the other big one. For Oh yeah, I don't know anything about that. I can really. But yeah, John, John Noble, he's a very great actor. Was great on that show. I'm sure he was very great on Elementary and everything. You know, when you see him, you know, come into a scene, uh, he just blows it up. So the scene with him and Butcher and him in the accent and everything, oh man, it's such a, a such a great mix with them too. But I made you tough. Look at you. <laughs> You're the meanest son yeah. of a bitch you know. I did it. I did, I did it. it. That was me. That was all me. You know. <laughs> thank you <laughs> oh man and it's so like this show when we say things like how they, they've changed the complexity of the emotional depth you know they've sort of turned butcher into a mirror of homelander where we learn things about homelander by learning them about butcher we yes. learn about great Hol great great pickup we there. learn about great butcher's pickup. relationship with his father and then butcher goes to talk uh to homelander's dad and butcher knows how to get him like every mm -hmm. like everybody else you know because grayson and mother's milk go to get uh homelander's science dad you know what i mean to go testify and he says no because they threaten his person right and say we'll send you to jail and then butcher comes right. in and he says listen to me i'll do it without that and i'll kill your whole family i'll wipe your line out and i'll smile the whole time and then he takes that that ominous smiley tea like tea bit mm -hmm. yeah, carl urban's doing really good work with this character 
And uh, it's so interesting to think of him as bones. Oh man, he's he's he's, he's chewing scenes like you know they like their stuff. I mean, you he's know, bones, he's, so he has all those lines where he's like, he's in those J.J. Uh, Abrams Star Trek movies where he's like, oh, your hand's enormous now. We got to get out the hole. We got another thing. <laughs> that's his whole bit. So for him to be doing this is so cool. Uh, he definitely was more stoic in Judge Dredd. So it's not like we didn't know he could do the range. We knew that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not a surprise. Yeah, yeah. But excellent work from Carl Urban. I just want to call that out specifically. Yep, yep, yep. Specifically so, so. here. Both the, did we, um, the did, scene where did, we find did, out that Lenny shot himself. Yeah, where where Lenny was these they were like beaten, you know, into depression, and Lenny killed himself. Um, mm. That scene is in this, and the the menacing scene is in this. So there are two really like if you were going to submit an Emmy reel, you should submit mm. this. Carl, submit this one. This is a good one so <laughs> far. Use this one, uh, and I think I think that getting that little insight into what it's done, like what were you shaped into by your parents? It, it's such an interesting sort yeah, of. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a great way to round out Butcher, and we're getting so much character depth. He's not just a guy with you know a couple jokes, sarcasm, and everything comes into the screen with his cocky, you know, walk and everything, yep. you know, um, um, criticizing everyone and saying cunt, you know, every six seconds. <laughs> Like he's no, like it's mince, like he's just giving people some. Here you have some. Ah! This guy has tons of depth, and actually, this season has made us realize that there's a deeper side to but you know Billy Butcher than than we ever thought it would be. Uh, he's not just all about killing Homelander, right? He didn't no, just react in anger. He's he's, yeah. he's moving strategically, and he's gonna try to get to where he wants to be. And you know, Ryan's gone now. Mm -hmm. I mean, and Ryan seems to be able to take care of himself for the most part. Yep, yep, yep. Do are are, are we are going to talk about how um, Huey gets left to watch and babysit? Oh my god, Lamplighter <laughs> and Lamplighter's obsession <laughs> with seven porn, man, yeah. it is absolutely hilarious. So for those of you who are who are first level <laughs> internet users, there's a rule. <laughs> first level, first, first level, level, level ones. <laughs> Level ones, you're new, you know, you're, you're older, you're older. Okay. maybe you're directly related to me by blood. You're watching this because you wanted to see exactly how much my jaw is unswelled since I got my wisdom teeth out. Maybe that's the only reason we're even watching. Maybe that's, that's why it's on. And you know, that's what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> what the hell was I talking about just now? I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, we're, we're talking about lamplighter and porn. Right. <laughs> so... So there's this there's this whole thing with with Lamplighter while how he's into this porn and there's this rule on the internet and as I was saying for level one internet users there's a rule on the internet where there's a porn version of literally everything oh, it's somewhere you can find it if you really look hard enough you can find a porn version it's of everything something those yep. Mentos commercials from the 90s guess what there's a porn version of that uh, everything including mm -hmm. these these seven movies right which I assume are the Marvel movies of this universe right probably starting around <laughs> the same time uh, so uh -huh. so certainly there's there's you know pornography is a, is a is an art form that is sort of rich in parody right is that the right. fair way to put that not yeah, that i want to yeah. talk too much about pornography here like i said who knows my mom's watching this well it's it's it's, it's relevant to the show we're okay. talking about the episode so, so <laughs> there he's this type yeah. of pornography that he's watching uh -huh. involves a member of the seven coming in when a man is unable to finish the job at hand Mm -hmm. and taking the reins and completing the task because god damn it somebody has to and if you won't do it somebody's going to come in there and handle it somebody from the seven you know we, we got our somebody with real powers finish. yeah exactly like so they gotta homelander. finish the scene <laughs> um but uh we, yeah we get like different different scenes we got we get the um the deep scene and i'm, I'm forgetting i should have some of the titles here and everything so hashtag hey dp if you um <laughs> if if i screw some of these up and everything but uh we get um a certain porn you know a cuckold porn um that's sort of relevant and sort of propels um huey <laughs> you a lamplighter to go rescue starlight and everything but it's just the way that it's presented to us in in sincere classic boys fashion the boys right. fashion that is just so hilarious and everything that just you know just keeps the show in its in its in its tone and in its corner of course lamplighter is totally in the porn and of course he um slaps huey's hand for um you know don't change the channel and everything right, i'm away, watching it take away the remote <laughs> take away the remote there uh i i'm just struck by how like how funny it is that they can't just have like a normal call to action right like, could oh. you imagine if in episode Star Wars Episode Four, if like they, you know, R two D two had played the message to Obi Wan Kenobi, and he mm -hmm. had just leaned back and gone, 
we must go fuck the wife like that like <laughs> that's pretty much what that scene is like the call to action the uh, the, the pretty, call to call to adventure pretty and it's under pretty like much. They, they undercut everything so many times that, uh-huh. that it leaves intact the actual thread of the real story while still having the hilarious <laughs> fact that we're watching like you know translucent like what the the invisible penis or whatever like it's it's just this oh, ridiculous man. stuff uh you know this goes crazy just, cartoonish choreography like we're watching a team america world police sex scene over and over and over again for an hour. Uh, of we have all these um different different you know merchandise and paraphernalia of the seven of course we have porn of the seven because that's just the way this uniform you know universe just builds itself out and everything so but you know um like i said we we then see um star we see huey motivate um, Lamplighter with a scene and a reference from, you know, uh, you know, uh, the cuckold porn, yes. um, you know, let's let, you know, why don't you actually be the guy that actually fucks the, <laughs> where is thou the horns of our cuckold? Shall us thou wear them? You be the one and not be the one that actually, you know, <laughs> watches the superhero. Thou the... the horned man. <laughs> Sorry, that's my, that's acting. I got you. I got you. Right. Huey, Huey basically just motivates him. You be part of the action instead. You actually well, um, be the one that's actually watching the action. You take part. So basically, that's that's what that was. So they this go. This is a rescue and mission that's like you know it's, it, it, it's doomed. It's, it's doomed for failure. Yes. Don't do it the start. I'm just like wait for the start for it to start out. As soon as this starts, I'm just like Lamplighter's gonna die. He's gonna get this motherfucker killed because oh, his only man. job is to stay there with him, and he's yeah. leaving. And if yeah. Lamplighter comes with him, he ain't coming back. Yeah. I ain't gonna yeah. 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 And yeah. so inevitably, this happens. But but. It's incredible. Apparently, Lamplighter's had to be keeping himself from being burnt all this time. Like, that's the first thing Lamplighter's had to do because he could have just allowed it to happen whenever he wanted. How weird is that, that you're that much of a glass cannon? Like, he doesn't, you know what I mean? He's pretty much insinuated that you could just kill him. He's just a regular guy. Right. And, and not only that, but he could get burned. Yeah. He can't even do the Danny Targaryen. <laughs> Maybe it was on purpose. I mean, obviously it was a suicide, right? So let's not, yeah. you know, let's yeah. not belittle it. But he says like, "Oh, they moved my statue. Where's my statue?" Right. And then as you know, as soon as you, you hear that, you know something terrible's. Uh, yeah, uh, he's he's that. he's he's depressed, and um, yeah. you know, this is basically his last, you know, hurrah and everything. It's kind of just sad because the uh, actor's well known, Sean Ashmore. He played mm-hmm. in like a few X Men movies and everything. Yeah. Um, that we've all got like a yo, he's great. Um, and we get attached to him in a way, but after a couple episodes, he's just gone. Yeah, you know, bam, burnt to death. Just, just like you that. Know? And, yeah. and and you know, this is this is a real problem for Huey because you know to get out, he needs Lamplighter's handprint. Now at least Lamplighter was nice <laughs> enough not to burn both hands. I mean, that's a pretty that's pretty kind of him to leave it. And Huey has to disgustingly chop off the guy's hand and run around with it like a like a Saving Private Ryan or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> super gross does effectively rescue uh annie and her idiot mom yeah, who yeah, led, uh, led yeah. black and, 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 and a super surprise because she didn't she like he was a, was the last person she expected to be in there rescuing him but it shows his bravery you know it shows his sense of you know um um bravery and sense of adventure and everything to actually come in with the balls because we know how huey is yeah. you know he's not the one to to you know take the um you know, take the reins and actually, you know, go out in front and be the, you know, the one that leads in the charge and everything. But he loves Annie. He loves her. He loves her so much. And Annie is just, oh man, you just the 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 way the actress Erin Moriarty, um, more, I can't forget Moriarty. how you pronounce it. Like another yeah. Sherlock Holmes name. The the way, oh yeah, exactly. The way that she um reacts to him, then the way the actress, you know, um puts on that scene, you know, she she's just melted. I mean, yeah. that just totally melts her heart. You know, seeing that Huey was the one that was brave Huey enough of all to rescue her. Exactly. Huey, Huey of all, of all people. people, right? With hand, hand in hand, they left, right? <laughs> hand in hand. So, what about Black hand. Noir? What about we learn? What well, the things hand, we learn yeah. about Black Noir this week, right? First of He's all, he's a powerful guy, man. This guy is like, wow, very what, powerful. What is the scope of his powers? I don't know, but he seems to have regeneration, and we find out that, among other things, Black Noir is black. So we find out that that's like a legitimate, <laughs> real, like a real disgrace. So really, he's Noir. I wonder if there's white Noir running around. And he, and he has a kryptonite too. Almonds, which is, you know. tree nuts. 
So, so, so that, so the uh, scenes with the almond joy and everything that was set up in the early episodes, I believe, like episode two or something. Yeah, when he throws this, it away this, and they're talking about the serial killer. This was a great callback to that and such a great setup to, okay, yes, almond joys, one of the, the nastiest, um, well, most, you know, uh, uh, a well known but I not very it. great tasting. I hate um, it. Candy. I'll just come, I'll do it right, right now. <laughs> I hate the almond joy. The almond joy is a terrible candy bar. The mounds isn't much better. But if you put an almond joy in my trick or treat bag, you were guaranteed of a year of harassment. And I was never going to be, you know, vocal about it. It was going to be anonymous and targeted. And that's how it was going to be. Okay. Almond joys are the okay. worst. They're just a terrible candy bar. Beyond any of the, like, allergenic effects, and I know a lot of people that are not, you know, copacetic with coconut. So let's not even get into how much worse that can be. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, so, so the bigger question is, how does Maeve know that this is the thing that will take him down? She must have seen it. <laughs> Somewhere. I mean, how... They they slipped him like a like a Hershey's with almonds or something. I don't know, man. So so it has to be like a whole foul with, with all these care all, all these soups, you know, strengths and weaknesses and everything that they know that Maeve must have ran across some, you know, because otherwise, how would you know that this was the thing that would you know be able to take him out? It's powerful, um, it's seemingly powerful as Black Noir yeah. is. You know, he's a powerful guy. <laughs> I mean, he just gets the job done bottom line i mean he's a guy that just gets what's done what needs to be done done doesn't really care doesn't give a shit. i thought the the mave the mave stuff here in this episode that ends with mave saving mm -hmm. starlight and just sort of being like i'm not going anywhere fuck these people right, right. begins with elite with the fallout from mave from alina accidentally seeing mave's video of the of the airplane incident right and, mm -hmm. and we get this scene where elena says she's gonna leave and mave flips this like three-ton table across the room oh, like it's man. like a piece right. of paper yeah, and it's just so terrifying because it comes like out literally out of nowhere. Yeah, know? yeah, and I, I want to say this is one of the first times we're ever seeing her display her power. You know, in anger like that, right? I mean, yeah. she's like picked stuff up and like you know jumped real far and stuff, but she's never just been like ah, casually just like right. freaked mm -hmm. out. Uh, this whole scene where where Elena leaves and Maeve has a man in her bed and she's vaping mm -hmm. and she and Ashley comes in and she's just like just shut up, you know, it, it, it's it's. It's sad from a human perspective because this is something that, you know, she's trying to share. She didn't even want to share this part of herself with Elena, but as soon as Elena sees like the whole the whole picture, she's gone in an instant. Like, right. The second she sees what's really going on, she's out of there. And, well, you know, also it also brings up a point too. Not you mentioned Ashley and everything in this scene. Um, the human aspect because basically, um, Maeve is, uh, you know, Ashley is concerned about her brand. This is not how she wants, um, you know, Maeve to look and everything. She's all concerned about her job, her job, her job. But Maeve calls her out. Act like a human. Act yeah. like a real person. And, you know, Ashley, she doesn't necessarily break down, but she's just like, I'm sorry. You know, um, she, her, her, so, you know, real side comes out to a point where she knows this is wrong. She knows that, you know, this is hurting, you know, Maeve, you know, her um, sense of self and character. But Ashley takes it, dials it back a bit and actually apologizes for, um, you know, not being that real. I, I think that. One thing about Annie is that it seems to me like she has the weakness for all of all of the rest of the seven. Like it's for her, like okay. she seems to possess this information. Like with Homelander, she Homelander has not killed her, right? She essentially right. was able to lie to Homelander, which mm -hmm. I, I I have to believe that was the whole purpose of that scene was to show us that even then she mm -hmm. could lie to Homelander to protect to protect Huey. That's just mm -hmm. what she did, right? I'm not with him, and you can't kill me because you are, you know, you make you a big piece of shit, right? <laughs> so she knows that she can fool Homelander, all right? Mm -hmm. She knows Black Warrior's weakness. She has mm -hmm. all that stuff on the deep, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So she's got his weakness down. A Train, V, you know, the, all the heroin and the murder. So she knows that weakness. Maeve, she can get Maeve to talk to her. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Stormfront. I mean, Stormfront shoots electricity out of her fingers. And what is Annie Channel for energy? I'm telling you, man, she's a capacitor. You, you can't. You if, you have, if you have a, a wire and it gets hit by electricity and it can conduct it, it will conduct it. Yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. This is what essentially what Ben yeah. Franklin discovered when he discovered that lightning was it made of, up of electrons, essentially. <laughs> Which was a fortuitous discovery because it led to less fires and the, the internet. <laughs> it's all the light it's all the light bulbs fault <laughs> look the, just stay on level one don't go don't go up to level two level two sucks you want to stay on level one where everything's yeah. normal 
Level three is terrifying. Don't do level three. That's, yeah, don't don't do it. Don't do it. No, don't do it. Just say no right. level three kids. Um Oh, we almost didn't get to Frenchie and Kimiko. Okay. And how, how Kimiko is starting to teach Frenchie. And Frenchie yeah. has this line, you know, you die twice, once when you breathe your last breath, and the second time when someone says your name the last time. I thought that was very deep. Especially, really? you know, someone someone saying your name's last time, you know, unless you're in the unless you're in a history books where you're you're sort of immortalized and everything or in the Bible. Um, you know, as soon as someone the last person that utters your name dies, then that's basically it for you. You know, Achilles, Achilles says stuff like this in Troy, if not the Iliad. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, well, who, why, well, I don't want to go fight. And Achilles says, well, then no one will ever remember your name. And he goes out and looks like Brad Pitt 15 years ago. Very good. <laughs> Very good is the answer to that question if you're asking what he looked like. <laughs> Willie and stuff. I mean, okay, come on. Come on. It's fine. Troy. Troy was a good movie. Uh, I don't know. What, what else you got? What else you got? You want to talk? You want to move to the, um, oh, no, let's talk about the Church of Collective. We almost forgot the Fresca Church. Can't forget oh, yeah. the Church of Fresca. Yeah. Now, yeah. Fresca is a refreshing drink. Let's not. <laughs> Let's be clear about this. It's a grapefruit-flavored soda. It's delicious mm-hmm. in small quantities. Once every 10 years or so on a hot day, you give me a Fresca, I'm going to say thanks. More often than that, though, and I'm going to think you're in part of some weird uh, weird yeah, sort of cult. If you hand it to me in a certain way, then, yeah, I'm going to actually question that and everything. So explain to me why the, um, the, the, the collective guy, the, you know, the leader and everything turned on the arrow person, you know, the, um, arrow guy. Well, you see, it's quite simple, uh, DP in a situation where you build a church on collecting bad information about people, which they offer you willingly as part of a counseling session. If you use that information against them in a web as a weapon, you can control their actions. And when somebody goes public and says, you have no power over me, guess what you don't have anymore. power over them and that makes them useless to you for if you're trying to i I don't know recruit other superheroes especially when you don't need them anymore right they're not as important to what your plans are so when they tell you this time you tell them to kick rocks then you just drop all their all their dirty laundry out right Mm -hmm. so what's he like oh it got me through this he is dead to us now and they're making the limbo Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the deep, he's just going along with it. Okay, yeah, he was my guy and everything. You know, I'm loyal to him, and, you know, he's uh, he's dead to us. Uh, you know what? I did not really like him too much anyway. <laughs> We're going to be back know? with the seven any second. I, I... <laughs> and, and, and A-Train, he's taking all this in. So I'm kind of, but we're not spending enough time in this situation with him to really get his thoughts yeah. on what he really sees going on. Is but he he's sticking with it. Yeah, is he, he just like here because well, what else is you know he's gonna yeah, you know I can stay here he and do this do? stuff I can run away real fast if I need to. <laughs> and then we have, there's this there's this my funniest the funniest thing of the night to me was the uh, was Ryan playing that the Blind Side Lego animation that he made oh. and Homelander and Homelander going like oh <laughs> having to fake that he liked it was so was so funny to me I thought that was so funny the fact that, that it? <laughs> oh it's so so hilarious. Yeah. Uh, that was my funny, my funny thing of the week there. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I guess we're, 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 you know, going through the episode and everything. Um, um, we're seeing, I guess it's just fast forward, you know, to the end there a bit. Okay. So we're going to the, um, the, the hearing now, mm-hmm. you know, so there's this, you know, there's this hearing going on and they call in, um, Homelander's, dad <laughs> is his science that you know his science dad as you his call science him. dad <laughs> rolls in on a wheelchair like like stephen hawking <laughs> if stephen hawking was a fucking nazi rolling right, rolling right the fuck on into congress go on nazi yeah go and shout out shit you've been up to shout out shout out to a um very you know the actor you know he was he played um who, who was he in the wire he was um the major and I can't remember his name. Yeah, he was the major. Oh. <laughs> Rawls? Was it Rawls? Hey, Rawls, yes, yes, yes. That Rawls, Rawls, Rawls. Ah, Chief Rawls, State Police yes. Commissioner yes, Colonel yes, yes. Rawls. Rawls uh, is oh. a, used to get pissed at him all the time and everything. He used to get pissed at McNulty, you know. But shout out to um, you know, the, the wire and everything. And also, shout out to the shout out to all the House committees doing good work. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, by the time you're watching this, you're not in a year where the work of a House committee matters. I'm really hopeful that we get back to that reality real soon. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we've seen a lot of, I mean, I've been watching a lot of congressional hearings on TV because we're in a period of history where that matters. It mattered for a little while in the mid-70s. It matters for a little while now. It mattered for a little while after 9-11 when there was questions to be asked. Uh, it matters now. Um, so we get this congressional hearing show. This congressional hearing happens on this show. And how does that go for everybody, Sam? How a congressional you hearing happens on a superhero, sh- well, a superhero show. You know, and it's not be it's not just some fluff Marvel type stuff. This is some more like a DC stuff. congressional hearing. <laughs> DC. <laughs> I mean, we can sit here and, and rip on Man of Steel all we want, and I'll rip on every single part of that except for Henry Cavill, who I think <laughs> is still a very good Superman. Although it was weird that he didn't want to shave his mustache to be Superman. Superman is one of like the three best characters that you should. I mean, Superman basically, unless you're playing like Jesus Christ, you should be shaving from superman right like that's not right. that's the role you should not right. be shaving for right uh you know we talk about this you know we can talk about Zack snyder's peach tea scene for man of steel versus this and here we have the unsettling scanner sort of situation where people's heads are popping like is it's left and right including like. the chairman of the committee yeah which yeah. i have to imagine that there's one person that if they could if they could pop jerry nadler said they'd do it uh well, only one though only one and he's you know maybe not, maybe not <laughs> capable of doing that anymore um I but it's also a, a, a great, yeah, it's very terrifying. If, you know, just heads popping left to right and everything. But what did we see early in a season? The same thing happened um, to, ah, uh, um, uh, what is the 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 it is the head of the CIA, FBI, or you know, deputy um, director yeah, yeah, deputy director of CIA. We saw her head pop in the very first episode. So, are we to believe this is Cindy? My theory, my personal theory, is that this is what Stan Edgar does. Okay. Is that what he can he can decide that you shouldn't exist anymore and you don't. Like he can okay. sort of arc reality to what he wants, like um, Mr. Fantastic's son. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Franklin. Guy, hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk- yeah. Franklin, mm-hmm. Frank. There's yeah, Franklin Richards, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their son. Yeah. Yeah. So so. <laughs> That's 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 what I'm getting the vibe at something like that. Certainly could be Cindy, okay. but she was in, she went AWOL at the end of the last episode, which was a throwaway yeah. that I think is meant to show us that she's not under Vought's control. So somebody right. that is is doing this. And right. why is everyone so afraid of Mr. Edgar? Why are these people afraid? Even Homelander's a little bit leery of him, right? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. They're all afraid you know. of him, and why would you be? Right? Why would you be afraid of somebody you can? You can drown in the bathwater, right? Which is essentially... Or, um, or laser with your eyes. Or laser with your eyes all day. Or just knock the building he's in down by Roblox <laughs> or whatever. That I'm sure Homelander... I mean, Homelander is essentially like a but, bullet at this point. You can move but, but essentially, you're right. It, it may not be, you know, Cindy. Um, because we've seen Cindy's demonstration of powers. And she was not only about popping heads. She was popping whole bodies. I mean, it has so to be to, someone that wants to keep the secret. What's going on yeah. in Shady Grove and what's going on with right. Homelander and all the Project V right. stuff. So it has to be someone at Vaught, which is why I'm thinking it's Mr. Edgar. Yeah, yeah. So and a, and a great way to um sort of like end the um the scene where we see the boys actually and <laughs> and Starlight's um mom sitting <laughs> sitting down morning. Like, <laughs> and you know what today here's the weird thing right so this is this is uh october 2nd 2020 and if you want to know what we're talking about just go ahead and google that date in the news and you'll see you'll kind of get an idea of what we mean so there's this insane so you think you're turning tuning into one thing right you think mm-hmm. there's one sort of comeuppance that happens and all of a sudden there's a vastly different one that comes out of nowhere and just oh, sort of surprises man. you right yeah. and yeah. it's just totally bizarre and horrifying and you thought to yeah. yourself wow the depths of my horror i thought i had plumbed them but you have not begun to plumb the depths of your horror yet, my friend. Uh, that is the truth. Yeah, deepness. Um, and and like I said, we we end the episode with um, um, Butcher taking a really deep breath because some shit is about to go down. <laughs> the deal's off, right? I mean, the deal's off. <laughs> there's, I've always thought of this idea where, like, you know, for a long time there was like gentlemanly warfare, and like you'd go, oh, and I'll give you back for this amount of money, and you know that'll be the end of it. And you know, you shake hands at the end, and say good day, and there's a little bit of things that are swapped back and forth. But at a certain point, that stopped. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't happen anymore when there's mm-hmm. big conflagrations. You know, it didn't happen in World War Two. Didn't happen in World War One. The there's a point where once things get messy enough, there is no like reset go back we can put people in jail we mm-hmm. can change how this works and go back and we can there's a way that we can do this right right this congressional hearing will make enemies between the united states government and fought 
and there's yep. no way. There's just I and I will say it Nothing now. Nothing back in a bottle. I'm saying it now that mm-hmm. if something like this were to happen on this scale to congressional leaders, it really wouldn't. That there would be consequences on a, yeah. on a ridiculous scale, and there should be right. This is right. it's not the, the Congress exists so those things don't happen, right? So you can't introduce right. violence into the political realm because if, right. if we wanted to have violence, we just have violence. We have politics and violence because yeah. it'd be a waste of money to have the politics first. Yeah, <laughs> we put a lot of money into the politics <laughs> at this point, right, so we really right, shouldn't. Right. We really shouldn't yeah, waste yeah. Money. All, all politics does just hold you back from the real thing. You the know, lamest, so. That's the lamest. That's the lamest. The uh, best version. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced of it. If you read the histories, that's what. That's where we got into problems. You know, for a long time, we had just violence. As soon as we started introducting the politics into violence, that's where it got bad. Got bad. Okay. Yeah. That's my thought. Anyway, that's that's Scott's thought on ancient Rome. Stay tuned to never hear about that again. <laughs> Message, plug, right. shameless. I know, right? So so I think that's a good place to leave it, right? We have Ryan yeah. in the hands of Homelander and Stormfront. We have the Congress basically defenestrated, yep. literally defenestrated, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, their heads are cut off. The boys are in a position where they actually have a soup ally, maybe more than one, and maybe Maeve is that person on the inside now. Hey, they're they're, they're recruiting, and they don't even know it yet. You know, they're slowly getting their allies together and everything. I'm so glad to see that Starlight is fully with them. You know, um, and maybe they can get some more. You know, we'll see how. Well, I'm excited to see how this next episode is going to be, you know, for the um, finale. This was a great penultimate episode to set everything up for whatever this finale is about to bring. Whatever they decide to do. And I'm sure they'll do a good job because they always do on this show. Oh, yeah. You know, we talked about that. We really do, uh, you know, really enjoy the writing. And, you know, as, as some as people that write, you know, you know, DP's got his book coming out pretty soon here that we should all check out. Um you know, we I appreciate these writerly things. You know, yeah, the, the symmetry and the and the the foreshadowing and the paying off the almond joy thing. Because of course, yep. it's a it's a serial killer candy bar would kill him uh, again. <laughs> of course, you're right. <laughs> and is an almond cereal? No, but it could. could. <laughs> so you know, I mean, oh. this this is just a really great show when it comes to that stuff. If if we ever get like some bat, real background on Black Noir, man, uh, I mean that would be some enjoyable shit right there. You I'm know? excited to see his origin story. You know, it, it seems <laughs> to me like they're doing something different with him than they did in the comics, which is a relief. Black Noir is such a villain, so I mean, <laughs> so, so so for him to be in the seventh, you know, as uh, you know, a superhero as or being fronted as like a superhero, it's just really crazy. Really, all these characters and stuff. I mean, their their more their moral ambiguity is just hilarious. I really enjoyed how um, I, I I enjoyed how Homelander sort of was naming the movies he was in there to his son, and there was like a whole bunch of them, you know. And he kept uh-huh. going and kind of going and kind of going and kind of going. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, I I enjoyed that piece of this. I enjoyed him being like, I know I screwed up last time and having to like eat shit a little bit, which he probably never has to do. He probably never has to eat shit. Every no, no, no. To but but to a kid, I mean, you know, um, you could do that. To yeah. an adult, nah. They know. flew me up and showed me all the, the, the houses and shit. Okay, man. Well, look. Did he, did he tell you he can fly? Because you can fly too. He want us to just put you in a regular a regular ass cage? We, 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 I mean, we put kids in regular. I put my, I, you know, I was in a, I was in a cage when I was like two or three, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, we had yeah, those yeah. things, you know. We got those leashes and whatever we put on kids. Hey, and look you know, how I came out. Exactly, right? <laughs> we all got that stuff with him. All right, so uh, other than next week, which is the finale, and we're super stoked about that. Yes. We want to again draw your attention to uh, the Mandalorian season two. Can't wait. Can't wait and for that. Tough. Super awesome. We're going to see how they've really, you know, expanded the production stuff they've been doing over there, which makes me real excited to see how the volume is going to be used here in season two. We hope you'll join us uh, for that show, which will be, you know, as soon as we can get the the gang together. Yep. The Star Wars gang. Carbonite Bounty Hunters. Carbonite Bounty BS. Carbonite Bounty BS. Check it out right here on the old YouTube. Anything else you want to, you want to hit or pimp or talk about or anything like that, DP? No. just, just, just can't wait for next, um, next episode. Um, it's been a fast, great season, you know, great episodes. So I'm so glad Amazon decided to, you know, parse these out weekly instead of just doing it all at one time. You know, some people were frustrated with that in the beginning because they wanted more because it was just so awesome. But the parse it out just brings, makes each episode so much more sweeter because it's, it's, it's such a great series. Like I said, it has the potential mm-hmm. to be the next Game of Thrones. 
And remember, Game of Thrones seasons one and two weren't humongous. It didn't really go oh, big until after like season three, so yep. we're still in the early days. It, hopefully, it, we get it, like it allows the audience to build. Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully, we wake up and there's like five hundred thousand views on these, and we're all just like, well. We told you so. I told you you guys are going to watch it. Yep. All right, everybody. Well, this has been Nerds Talk About the Boys. And I'm SC. And I'm DP. And we just did exactly what the fuck you thought we were going to do. Hey, see you later. Nerdcyclopedia.